Good evening. Welcome to the Snake River Lib podcast. It's the 9th of April. It's Friday. How about that? Welcome and thank you so much for listening. I appreciate uh, you taking the time to do so. Um, I know things are busy. I know there's a lot of information out there and that you're taking the time to listen and perhaps uh, gather some information from here. I appreciate that. Wanted to start off uh, just to let you know, still waiting on on uh, results of my comprehensive exams for uh, the master's degree, so haven't heard anything about that yet. And so we'll just uh, proceed right on uh, with uh, news proceeding into the weekend. Um, and of course, as has been the news lately, um, is let's just lead off with the big lie. Um, the big lie, of course, is um, what Chairman Joe and the Pravda Press have been pushing regarding the Georgia voter integrity law. Uh, but now there's a new spin on it. And of course, uh, nobody can spin like Circle Back Saki, the uh, press uh, person for Chairman Joe. Um, she's kind of like Baghdad Bob, if you remember back in the um, the second Iraq war when, you know, you can see M1A1 tanks in the background driving through Baghdad as he's talking about how they're, they've got the Americans on the run. Um, they've got a new spin on why Chairman Joe is not lying even though the Washington Post gave him uh, four Pinocchios for his uh, Georgia voter law lie. But their spin on it now is that the fact that the Georgia legislature passed the law is all based on a lie. And that's what they mean when they're lying. And so let's examine that for just a little bit. If we don't, well, you can always turn it off, I guess. Um, because it's an important statement. So what Circleback is saying is that because there wasn't any fraud in the Georgia 2020 election, There was no reason for the law. So I would just put this forward. Back in November and December, the Republican governor and the Republican secretary of state were hailed as heroes by the Pravda Press for standing up to Donald Trump and not wavering on their commitment to following through with the election. Now, it's the same people who are now standing firm on this law. So the question is this, was there fraud or wasn't there? And why, if there wasn't 
massive fraud. Would Georgia go to all this effort to pass this new law? Which, by the way, is much more generous, which we've already hashed through, than many other states, which are blue states, including uh, Chairman Joe's home state of Delaware, which has some of the most draconian voting laws in the country. But no peep from the Pravda Press on that. So whether or not there was voter fraud, and that's going to be nearly impossible to know, although there is investigations ongoing. There was fraud in a manner of speaking, kind of like Obi-Wan Kenobi when he admitted to Luke was you know that Anakin and Darth Vader were the same people said, well, it's from a certain point of view. You know, that the dark side of the Force consumed Anakin, and he ceased to be Anakin and became Darth Vader. Well, here's the thing. And this is why the legislature passed the law that they did, and why other states are doing the same. In Georgia and other states. Governors, secretaries of state, election boards changed or ignored election laws passed by the state legislature. They violated, if you will, the state constitutions and the U.S. Constitution. If the state legislature passes a law and then the executive branch arbitrarily changes it, that's a violation of... uh, Article 2 of the Constitution, which says that the state legislature will determine how electors are chosen and not the state executive. But we've already been hashed through this, but I wanted to, but we have to keep going back because they're starting to get a little bit desperate now. You know, they keep hammering this, this stupid message that's a lie. Which, by the way, this message is every bit, well, no, this message is a lie far worse, in my view, than Donald Trump saying that if you counted ballots according to state laws, he won the election. Because my guess is that if you counted ballots according to state laws and not according to executive fiat, in many of these states, then yes, Donald Trump probably won in a significant landslide.
But that's not what we're here to talk about, because in reality, what's going on now is far worse. You have all of the mainstream Pravda press is doing a full court Jim Crow law, Jim Crow 2.0. Did you know that that idiot, Stacey Abrams in Georgia, that woman who, who has yet to concede the 2018 gubernatorial election. Talk about Donald Trump. That she had registered the website Jim Crow 2.0 two weeks before um, uh, Chairman Joe started using the term. Or, I'm sorry, two weeks before um, the Georgia legislature passed the bill. Think about that for just a moment. And now all these jobs have disappeared because of Major League Baseball following the lead of the president. Because make no mistake, that's exactly what happened. President came out, oh, they probably should do something. So, of course, Major League Baseball probably also being pushed by their players. You know, I mean, this has all been ginned up to try to put pressure not only on Georgia, but on any other state that tries to do what Georgia did. Because the one thing that the Democrats can't have is states where voter rolls are regulated, updated, and purged of people who are dead and of people who have no business voting, such as non-citizens. We'll take a break and we'll be right back. And we're back. Um, moving on, although we will talk about the Pravda Press still, um, the uh, Dan Ratherites over at 60 Minutes who uh, put up a huge hit job on DeSantis, uh, Governor DeSantis of Florida. Um, you know, they, they just can't stand the fact that Florida did its own thing with COVID and their numbers compared to like New York, which is a comparable size state with the exception of the fact that Florida has many more elderly than New York. You know, they just can't stand the fact that they can't explain what's going on. You know, and little Lord Fauci's running around. He's trying to, you know, trying to justify keeping us masked up and locked in our houses until we're all dead. Um, which I said from the beginning, by the way, um, you know, that's how they handled the Black Death back in the 13th century, is they would just lock people in their houses and burn the house to the ground. That way it wouldn't spread. Except the rats always found ways out, and so it wasn't very effective. But back to 60 Minutes. 
Um, I've been reading a lot of writers, and there are many people who who believe if Governor DeSantis or Publix, the uh, grocery store chain, wanted to do so, that the malicious intent and the evidence of the malicious intent in the 60 Minutes hit job meets the and exceeds the threshold of New York Times v. Sullivan. For those that don't know, New York Times v. Sullivan is the great uh, freedom of the press um, Supreme Court case determined that you have to prove um, to be able to sue the press in particular um, you have to prove specific malicious intent not just not just a lie you know that would be easy but you have to actually prove a specific malicious intent and there are many writers who feel like that 60 Minutes may have met that threshold with that uh, with that piece on Governor DeSantis. And, of course, what they really don't want, besides what I mentioned, the fact that they can't explain how um, Florida has been relatively successful, especially with as much as they've been tried to open up. But more importantly they see Governor DeSantis as a very real, clear, and present danger in the 2024 elections. Most people clearly credit uh, uh, President Trump with uh, getting uh, um, Governor DeSantis elected. Uh, so Ron DeSantis is a a for real Trumpite, and he would be very very difficult to beat. He has been very successful. This whole Publix thing, especially when you have Democrats in the state, who before you know, who have tried to correct the record with sixty minutes. And 60 Minutes just has doubled down. 60 Minutes refuses to acknowledge the issue at hand. Do you need any more proof? Well, if you do need more proof, well, guess what? Forensics, FBI forensics, you know the FBI, right? One of the rare times that they are actually uh, chasing after somebody that's not a Republican. Um, they've come up with conclusive evidence that that uh, old uh, um, Parmesan cheese sniffing Hunter Biden that the laptop that was turned in by the computer shop in Delaware 
was indeed Hunter Biden's. So after Hunter Biden made all the radio or all the TV shows last week, I don't know. I don't know if it's mine or not. You know, while he's trying to sell his book. Turns out, the laptop was his. Now, I doubt that you're going to be seeing that headline on, or even run across the the scroll thing on the bottom. Was that a Chiron or a Chiron or something like that? Um, I doubt you're going to be seeing that rolling across the bottom of the screen on CNN or MSNBC that that laptop was truly Hunter's. And that they were really sorry that they didn't run with the story before the election. Just thought you might like to know that little piece of information. Um, of course, uh, Chairman Joe has announced all sorts of executive orders regarding guns. Um Today he announced uh, an executive order. Uh, he's going to create a commission that's going to look at the um, Supreme Court. Now remember Ruth Buzzy Ginsburg, before she died, talked about how packing the court was a bad idea. Of course, she was, you know, an icon. So, so Chairman Joe has decided he's going to uh, take on the Supreme Court as far as what we're going to do about it to make it so that it's not going to get in our way. whether it's packing the court, whether it's putting term limits, which I believe the term limits on the court would require a constitutional amendment, um, adding members to the court would not. All that takes is Congress to pass legislation saying that the Supreme Court now has however many members. Actually, I'm not even sure it would require that. The president could say, I believe that the court doesn't have enough members. We want to extend it to however many gives me a majority so I don't have to worry about any rulings. So that would probably be four, well, three with Roberts on the court. Um, and then... This, you know, the Senate could deliberate and, and, and approve the nominations. Um, I mean, they could do that. Now, uh, interesting turn of events, Justice Breyer has come out and stated that he thought that packing the court would also be a bad idea. I mean, what we're about to see is, is I mean, we've been seeing it for, well, in reality, we've been seeing the courts become political. Back when the Democrats 
started filibustering George W. Bush's nominees back in the early 2000s. That was when we hit critical mass and the Supreme Court became less an independent branch of the government. And, I mean, for decades, many people have considered it to be um, an unelected uh, legislature, you know, with final say. But it really became politicized. Well, you can actually go back to Justice Bork. Uh, You don't want to guess who was the chairman of the Judiciary Committee for Justice Bork, do you? If you guessed uh, Chairman Joe, you'd be right. Or Justice Thomas. Same thing. Chairman Joe with the high-tech lynching, as Justice Thomas called it. But, you know, back then with Justice Thomas, I think that uh, probably Chairman Joe would have worn that as a badge of honor because back then he was on the other side. You know, he hadn't become woke yet. So now you have Breyer, uh, Justice Breyer, who's a Clinton appointee. Um, now saying that uh, packing the court's a bad idea. But here's here's the rub with, with Breyer. Democrats, progressives in particular, were already calling for Breyer to retire. And the reason for that is because of what happened with Ruth Buzzy Ginsburg. Um, in 2014, rumor is that Barack Obama, President Obama's people, talked to Justice Ginsburg about retiring. Because if she didn't, you know, there was a fair chance of Republicans taking the Senate that year, and that would become much more difficult for uh, judicial nominees to get through. She didn't retire. And so she died with a Republican majority in the Senate and a Republican president. And that's how we have Justice Barrett. Progressives already were wanting Breyer to retire. He's, I think, the uh, second uh, most senior justice after Justice Thomas on the court. Because they don't want to see a repeat of that. But now they've got another reason. Because how dare he, who's sworn an oath to uphold the Constitution, which then again, so is Chairman Joe and Nancy Pelosi and Chucky Schumer. But how dare he 
suggests that we should not set the Supreme Court up so that Democrats get their way on everything. Because D.C. statehood, which they want desperately, I'm pretty sure that cannot be done without a constitutional amendment. And so if, if they were to try to pass that and run that through, I just about guarantee you that there would be a court challenge. Because it's to me the the language is fairly clear, but there's a lot of wiggle room in there, I guess. But it would be interesting to see how that turned out. But yeah, they want Briar gone so they can get somebody else in there. Maybe they could put hashtag in, I don't know. I mean, you know. Anyway, there's so many uh, things that are going on right now, but those are just a few of the things that were really stood out as important to me. Um, the Supreme Court is important. Um, did I mention? Oh, no, I didn't. Chairman Joe, of course, uh, stood up, said, nobody's going after your Second Amendment rights, but by the way, Bill of Rights is not absolute. There's the rub right there. Can you say impeachable offense, Chairman Joe? You swore an oath to uphold the Constitution. And now you're saying that the Constitution doesn't mean what it says. Yeah, yeah, you use the fire in a crowded uh, theater. Even the justice that wrote that opinion wasn't uh, particularly enamored with it. None of the rights enumerated in the Constitution are safe. Enumerated in the Bill of Rights, I should say. None of them are. Um, I'm going to put a link on to the uh, description to, uh, uh, well, if, if the talk's up, I will. If not, summary. Uh, President Dallin H. Oaks of the uh, Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints gave a stunning and wondrous defense of the United States Constitution in a discourse uh, during the general conference. I probably mentioned that the last time. I don't know if I did or not, but I think uh, it is well worth listening to. There's nothing wrong with giving alms and giving a helping hand to your fellow man. But when you put a gun to my head and take money from me so that you can give it to somebody and then say, looky what I did. That's theft. Period. It's the Snake River Lib. Have a great night.